you know, not overusing color or not overusing imagery and making sure that things have room to breathe and that you have a good sense of space, you know, all of those things are going to show in your design and all of those things are going to make people look at your design and think, oh, you know what, like, it's obvious that every single decision in this design is considered and it's thought out and it's intentional. Episode 94, April 2015. In this episode, Corwin Harrow, product designer at ThoughtBot, talks about using color and newbie mistakes, how to use type and creating hierarchy, as well as about his favorite typefaces and creating clarity. This episode is sponsored by the Dreplin Design Company and Field Notes. How do you work with color? I Color is something that I think the way that you the way that a designer uses color tells a lot about the maturity of their design the decisions that a designer makes with color is indicative of of how mature of a designer they are um, i think you know people with less experience tend to use color more generously and don't maybe don't necessarily think about the implications of how much color they're using and what kinds of colors they're using and and what effect that has on the viewer and kind of how it can draw attention to certain parts of a design, you know, and that's something that I've definitely, definitely been guilty of um, and continue to find myself guilty of <laughs> to this day. You know, everyone likes color and everyone, one, like color makes people happy. And I think as, you know, a lot of designers, they just want to use like, you know, when, when they start something, they want to use as much color as possible. And like, you know, they want it to be, they want it to like stand out and they want it to look nice. But I think often the best use of color is one that's very restrained. You know, I think if you can use color in such a way that it draws attention to certain aspects of your design uh, intentionally, and it does maybe, you know, using color in certain scenarios has specific meaning. And I think that's especially true in UI design for when you have like, you know, button states and active and disabled states and hover effects and, you know, all of these small interactive, these pieces of, of interactive design that, you know, really, if you use color effectively can really make a huge difference on how clear it is to the user of like the state of something or if something can be interacted with or not. And yeah, I mean, that that's that's in general, like my thoughts. Um, I think practicing restraint and using color intentionally is is definitely something that every designer should try and do. How do you choose your color palette? If I'm a if I'm the one that's establishing a brand um, and, you know, you I'm trying to consider, you know, what what kind of values that brand is trying to communicate and what kind of colors may help in that communication. Um, that's kind of one way that I, I'd select colors. And then again, like back to how designers use color, you know, I will select colors depending on what that color indicates about the state of a UI element or giving the user insight as to whether, you know, like, oh, this element of the UI, if you interact with it, it might not have a positive outcome, such as like a delete feature or something like that, you know, trying to use color to indicate what actions might occur before the user actually performs them. And then, you know, looking at, at the larger picture, you know, just color in general. And, and when you have the ability to kind of be more free with your color and, and maybe express a little bit more in your design, you know, I think it's always, every single color has some kind of emotional attachment to it. And if that's, you know, what you're trying to communicate, then 
you know, that's that could be part of your reasoning behind your decision. But I think every instance of selecting a color should be considered and you should have a reason for it. How many colors tops? <laughs> that's a good question. Again, I think it depends on the context, but when you're doing UI design, maybe there's like when you when you attack certain products, you have to kind of analyze how much information there is to deal with and how much you ha- how much you have to display in one screen or in one view. And I think, you know, when you run into scenarios where you have a certain amount of space and you have to display a certain amount of information, if it's a lot of information, then I think less color is better. And, you know, organizing typography and structure is kind of rises up on the list of importance. I think when you have more room to play and maybe content is important, but it's not going to conflict with use of color and things like that, then I think you can be a little bit more generous. What should one definitely avoid when working with color? I'll, I'll answer that by saying what you, again, something that you should do, and then that kind of answers, you know, what you shouldn't do. So I think when you when working with color, you should always exercise restraint. And if you exercise restraint, if you be intentional with how you use color, I think your design is always going to turn out for the better. I think something that some designers are often guilty of is being too generous with their use of color, maybe not considering how the how a block of color on a page will distract from other elements or other content. And I think that's that's often a mistake that you see. Um, you know, for example, I'm going to make an iPhone app and the background of the whole app is going to be purple. Well, if you put lots of content on top of, you know, a purple background, it can get pretty distracting and and maybe it's harder to keep the the viewer's attention on like one element of the design. You know, again, if you use restraint and use color to emphasize and to draw attention, then you're actually, you know, using it intentionally and it's not going to be it's not going to cause conflict with other elements of your design. What other major mistakes do you see in the work of less experienced designers? I think it all comes down to to restraint <laughs> and how things are structured in your design. So if you have a good knowledge of grid systems and you have a good knowledge of hierarchy and typography and you know using color to emphasize and you know not overusing color or not overusing imagery and making sure that things have room to breathe and that you have a good sense of space, you know all of those things are going to show in your design and all of those things are going to make people look at your design and think, oh, you know what, like, it's obvious that every single decision in this design is considered and it's thought out and it's intentional. You know, when you have a little, you know, when you have people that are a little bit in uh, less experienced, you know, you can tell where that they're inexperienced because maybe they use color too generously. Maybe their spacing between elements is, is off. Maybe, you know, maybe they're being bold in this situation where where maybe they should practice a little bit more restraint. Maybe they don't have a hierarchy that's as defined as it needs to be. Um, you know, I think all of those those kinds of things are are things that indicate how experienced or inexperienced someone is and and what kind of decisions and considerations they're making in their design. Okay, everybody, my name is Aaron James Draplin. Just got done telling you about my whole life. Uh, the good, the bad, the gross, the ugly, the weird, the sinister, the awesome. And now you need to go to draplin.com and buy some killer merch. 
draplin.com backslash merch and things that you need, right? Okay, you need to go there and look at this stuff. And then when you're done with that, you need to go to fieldnotesbrand.com and get some memo books. We'll ship them anywhere. If you're listening to this in Vienna, Austria, or Vienna, Illinois, hell, wherever that is, we will we'll ship them there too, okay? Fieldnotesbrand.com. You need these things. $9.95 for a three-pack. Would you pay for coffee today, right? Right, right? You need this stuff. So draplin.com, fieldnotesbrand.com. And uh, yeah, those are, the, those are the only two links you need in your life. There you go. What techniques work best for you to create hierarchy? So first and foremost, a lot of it comes down, for me at least, to typography. And, you know, if you can establish a good typographic hierarchy and good typographic consistency, then that's going to accomplish way more than if that wasn't as considered. Um, you know, I think if you can establish a good rhythm of, you know, headings and body text and labels and how text is spaced, you know, what what font, what typefaces you've selected, you know, I think all of those things and how you structure them contribute to hierarchy in product design and web design and design in general. And then again, like when, you know, it comes down to like color and how you emphasize things, whether that's using color or whether that's placing things in containers and instances like that, you know, all of those types of decisions are going to affect your hierarchy and, and what people look at first. So I think, you know, as long as you are making sure to consider how those decisions with color and decisions with typeface and typography affect your hierarchy, then you're going to be better for it. What are your favorite typefaces? My favorite typefaces are always changing, but I think currently I'd have to say I like Tisa WebPro, I like MetaSerif, I like there's some good Google fonts too. Um, Roboto is one that I frequently use for UI and for iOS stuff. Oh, that's I mean that's a good question. A lot of the iOS stuff that I've done. I've tried to use the native typefaces, like uh, you know. I think some of the ones that Apple includes are like Helvetica, New, and Avenir, Next, and things like that. You know, gener- I think when you have a client that has you know limited like resources, that sometimes you have to revert to using native typefaces and things like that. But yeah, I mean, when I have the freedom and the ability to kind of go and use whatever typeface I want, I kind of have some that I rely on, you know. I generally like, when I have a little bit more freedom with typeface uh, selection in a project, I like to use kind of typefaces that maybe have some subtle character, subtle uniqueness uh, about them. (laughs) It just makes me happy. (laughs) What do you think, what should people try to avoid when working with typefaces? So I think generally one, you know, some of the things that you want to think about when you're selecting typefaces, especially for product design and web design, is that how much versatility do you need? And, and you know, that kind of translates to things like weights in typefaces. You know, if you need, if you, if you have a design that requires typeface with lots of versatility, then you're going to want to, you know, select a typeface that has lots of different weights and, and different options. And also you always have to kind of think about what kind of character or personality the product has. And that kind of has a direct effect on typeface selection and how much restraint 
you should practice. You know, if something is very technical and, you know, doesn't have a lot of or isn't meant to have a lot of character or personality, then, you know, you should probably practice a little bit of restraint and, and select typefaces that are a little bit more simple. But if you have, you know, room and you are trying to express you know, certain motions or things like that through your design, then I think you have a little bit more freedom to select typefaces that have some of those like subtle differences and kind of maybe a little bit more personality. Are you a typomaniac? I love type, yeah. <laughs> um, that's definitely one of the things that I always look at first um, when I, you know, when I'm critiquing someone else's design or when I'm, you know, starting my own is like, you know, what typeface is going to be appropriate? Does it work in the context of the design? And, you know, I'm, I'm like a nut about making sure that like line height and everything is perfect. I think that's actually the single most thing that bothers me the most is like bad line height or like line height that's not, it's like too tall or too short. That, that bugs the crap out of me. What I like most about your work is the sense of clarity that it conveys. How do you achieve that? I think the most important thing to me is a sense of space. If you have a design and there's a lot of content that's crammed into a small amount of space, you're going to lose that sense of clarity and you know, you're going to have lots of elements competing for the same space and competing for attention. But if you take care to make sure that every element on a page or in an application like has the space that it deserves and that you consider how spacing things may create relationships between one element and another, you know, I think that all of that kind of thing provides clarity. Um, you know, when you're thinking about spacing and, you know, you always want to consider like, okay, if I put this piece of my design, if I consider the proximity of this piece to this piece, um, then how will that change the context? For example, if you put a label next to a text field or a form field, you know, you want to make sure that it indicates like, okay, this label is actually telling the user what you're going to be inputting into this text field. Well, if you do a bad job of spacing those kinds of things out, even though it's a very small detail, you lose a lot of clarity and you could potentially cause problems for whoever's kind of interacting with, with that content. <laughs>